0: Well, good evening, friends. Welcome back to Between the Shadows. This is Kristen. This is Kara. Alrighty, y'all. Here we are. Mm-hmm. The Dream Curse, part two. Part two. Part two. All right. Dose, whatever language you speak, part two. <laughs> so it's a pretty quick lead in. We're just going to continue the story here. We left off with the death of Dr. Lang.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, we left off with, who was the last person to have the? Julia. Dream? Julia
1: was. And she's really, really fighting the urge, but right now they're she- in the middle of this experiment and they're. Probably at this point now, less than 24 hours yeah. down to needing to complete it.
0: Yep. And, and
1: she's... She's got to get this bug off her back. She hasn't told Mrs. <laughs> Johnson yet, but she... She's going to. She's on the brink. Um, <laughs> yeah. And she's breaking. <clears throat> she <clears throat> so
0: is. So that's where we are. Quick lead in. Let's just get right into it. Mm-hmm. So... We left off. David has returned from his trip. We're not real sure where he went. Probably Boston. He always goes or to Boston. Banger. And yeah, and banger. And this is his first meeting with Cassandra. Mm-hmm. He's very subdued, and it's very hard to tell how David feels about Cassandra in this moment. He doesn't yeah. seem happy or upset, but I think he seems very confused about the whole thing. Roger, He's always
1: been kind of a blank child, anyway. Yeah,
0: exactly. Emotionally. And honestly, I think David is always kind of out to please his father, even though they butt heads often. Yeah. So I think he's afraid to make a judgment at this point. Mm-hmm. Like Roger tries to get a reaction out of him, but the whole thing about the whole thing. But David just seems, David just tells him that if he's happy, then David's happy too. Yeah. But that doesn't really seem to satisfy Roger. But that's kind of where we're left at with that first meeting. Next, we see Tony Peterson. He's mm-hmm. waiting for Cassandra at... Ah, the gazebo again. And <laughs> he uh he thinks that she, Cassandra, is responsible for Eric Lang's death. Mm-hmm. And he says he remembers stealing the talisman from for her from Dr. Lang's house, but he doesn't know why he did it. But he thinks that she is responsible. Yeah. And you know, all this time he's been under her power, but you know, Angelique has a way of making them forget that they did anything for her. Right. And <laughs> And instead of addressing it, she hypnotizes him again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Tony's one of those people. Yes, he did succumb to the witch's power, but he was also one of those people that you still had to keep extra hypnotized and all that because he was still hip and still that strong in mind to fight it at least that much to still be kind of sound of mind while under the curse, you know? I have a question, though.
0: Okay. I'm just curious. I I want to get your thoughts on this, but... Do you think that Angelique used Tony Peterson because he resembled Trask so much?
1: Um, obviously, it never. What? Obviously, it was never. Um, what's the word? Um, hinted at. It was never addressed, it, but just never curious. at all. But I have thought about it. I have thought yeah. about it, and it would be a perfect little pawn and yeah. kind of get back. Laugh for Angelique, you know, to make her feel good because yes, I mean he was the witch hunter.
0: I I kind of wondered about that, you know, because Tony, you know, we we kind of speculated on this that maybe Tony, his lineage is is the Trasks. Maybe we, yeah. we just we just don't know, but it's some it's something to speculate on. But I wondered about yeah. that if if she if she chose Tony because he closely resembles. And,
1: and she even let it be known, right? Like like his there was some point I feel she might have made a comment that. To herself or whatever that he actually resembled Trask.
0: Maybe I can't. Re- maybe. I can't
1: remember exactly. I but mean, but
0: there is there is one moment that where could be my mind. Uh, but. Maybe I can't. I can't quite remember, but there there is a moment where they have a seance and Tony is part of the seance to, because they're trying to reach Trask, and 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 Trask speaks through Tony, and all of a sudden Tony Peterson sounds remarkably like Reverend Trask. It's the, dude Jerry
1: Lacey, baby. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. That
1: switcheroo. So switcheroo.
0: So I don't know. That was a, that. was a little funny trail, but I just wondered. But so she hypnotizes him again and asks for his help with Julia keeping the dream curse to herself. Yes. You know, she yes. just wants Tony to follow her and find out why she's resisting. Right. Right. Once he snaps out of her spells, she convinces him that he's falling in love with her and they share a kiss. Just as David walks up and sees it. David has just gotten home, doesn't know how he feels about Cassandra, but sees Cassandra lay one on him, you know. And so once she's back at Collinwood, Roger tells her that they are all set to go on their honeymoon and they should pack. And she obviously doesn't want to go because that would mean not being able to work her witchcraft at Collinwood.
1: You can't sprain your ankle again, so what's the next
0: excuse? Are you going (laughs) to (laughs) die? But David comes back from being outside and finds her alone in the drawing room. And he confronts her head on. Like, David, don't waste no time. He tells her that he saw her and Tony in the Gazebo kissing, and he plans to tell his father about it. Mm -hmm. And David, David is like... He is on one. He he's like he accuses her of you don't you don't love my dad. You yeah. don't love her at all. And Cassandra, yeah. oh well, screw you, little boy, causes him to lose his voice. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she immediately calls for Roger to tell him what happened. This is her ploy to stay at Collingwood. Yeah. And Roger gives David a pad of paper and a pencil. He tries to write and he can't. But in this situation, this situation is exactly what Cassandra wanted. Mm-hmm. And Roger postpones their trip until David is better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so back at Dr. Lang's, Julia and Barnabas are going back and forth about the importance of doing the experiment this night, but Julia cannot focus long enough because she cannot stop thinking about this dream. Yeah. And there's a knock at the door. Now, we don't expect it to be Mrs. Johnson because why would it be? Right. But they open the door and there she is it's Mrs. Johnson. Hmm. And Mrs. Johnson's like, I have no idea why I'm here. I felt compelled to come here. And Julia, it's right on her lips. It's on the tip of her tongue. Mm -hmm. And she fights with everything in her not to spill the details of the dream, but she cannot resist any longer. She Mm -hmm. tells Mrs. Johnson the dream. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden now she can focus and she focuses on Lang's notes.
1: Yeah. So now that she's relieved, she's, she's studying, she's studying Lang's notes and there's a, there's another knock at the door. Yeah. It's Vicky, And she wants to talk to Barnabas about why he's leaving Collinsport mm-hmm. about his little note that he left. Mm-hmm. And he, he tries to explain without really explaining as much he can. Yeah. Yeah. He says his cousin will be here in a few days. And this is the story he's been telling the whole family. When his life force goes into Adam, the story is that Barnabas has left. And Adam will be coming and staying in the old house. Yeah, he will
0: basically be there in place of Barnabas. Basically, yeah. Then he tells her that that loving him for for Vicky to love Barnabas, it would have been the greatest mistake of her life.
1: Yeah.
0: And let's think about this for a second. What was the curse that Angelique put on Barnabas? No one will ever. No one will love you, and anybody who does will suffer, and and will die, and will die, and. I think that's what he meant by that comment, that loving him would have been the greatest mistake of her life. Yeah. Can't chance it. Right. So he he sends her back to Collinwood with the excuse that there's a storm overhead because it's Collinwood and there's Mm -hmm. always a storm overhead. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the experiment begins again. And at first, at first, it looks like Julia's failed because Barnabas is still alive. But Adam opens his eyes and Barnabas realizes they are both alive. Both of them. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Lang, Lang expected this. You yeah. know, he, he, he yeah. said this is one of a couple of things that could happen. And, you know, that's why he recorded the message on the tape that they still have not heard yet, mm-hmm. that they will never hear. Mm-hmm. But Barnabas doesn't know what to do because he didn't tell, Lang didn't tell Julia that this was a possibility. Yes. He didn't tell her that, that both of them could end up living.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they realize very quickly that Adam is much like a child and cannot speak or understand much of anything. And they worry that Adam is a monster, Mm -hmm. but they also realize that Barnabas has enormous power over Adam because he is the one whose life force is at least partially alive in Adam. Right. Because they're both alive now, you know, he kind of, I don't know, split it down the middle or something. I don't know. Yeah. And at first they're not sure if Barnabas is going to become a vampire when night falls. Yeah. And... (laughs) But night falls, and they discover that Barnabas has been cured of his vampirism. Yeah, so far, so good. So far, so good. But they learn that Adam has completely destroyed the lab where he was created, mostly mm. because everything scares him. He doesn't understand anything. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a baby. He's a baby, but he's a grown man, you know. Mm-hmm. Barnabas comes in the lab with a, with a gun drawn, not realizing that if he kills Adam, he'll revert back to being a vampire. Right. And after his very large tantrum... Adam passes out like a little baby, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and Julia talks Barnabas out of killing him and explains to him that he's just like a child and needs to be given the chance to learn like any child would. Yeah. And Julia gives him an injection and they decide to move him to the basement of the old house so they can start teaching him, you know, right, right. how to be a man and speak and, you know, get out of Lang's house so yeah. that can be closed and we'll that, move on. Exactly. Yep.
1: Back at Collinwood, Missus Johnson is um, watching over David, who has still lost his voice. Mm. And um, when she leaves to get him something to eat, Cassandra hypnotizes him and forces him to not remember what happened at the gazebo and causes him to fall asleep. Mm. But when he wakes up, he can speak again, and he doesn't remember remember not being able to speak or anything.
0: Yeah, he tells his dad, he's like, "I feel great. Like I'm, I'm great." Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he, he doesn't remember a thing, you know, Cassandra was successful, whatever. And But this is because, th- this is all because Mrs. Johnson wouldn't sleep because she was so worried about David. Right. She wouldn't sleep. She's right. been up for like two days. Right. I think is what, is, is what Cassandra said. She's like, you've been up for two days, you need to sleep. Right. And once David is okay, she urges mrs johnson you know you come here and sit on this couch i'm gonna make you sleep you Mm -hmm. know seeming to be caring about it but really you know that ulterior motive Mm -hmm. you know she just Mm -hmm. wants her to sleep so that this stupid dream can continue
1: yeah
0: and I, i mean mrs johnson she's so loyal yeah. to the family, especially to David. She cares so much for him. And even after he seems okay, she still refuses to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I I just, it brings me back to where Sarah Johnson first came on the scene. Mm-hmm. You know, she came on the scene as a spy for, she was Bill Malloy's housekeeper mm-hmm. and, and Burke Devlin engaged her, you know, I, Get a job at Collinwood, spy on the family. Yeah. And Bill Malloy is gone. Burke Devlin is gone. But Sarah Johnson is still here. Mm -hmm. Sarah Johnson is still here and becomes very loyal to the Collinses. And
1: it stays, she stays very loyal until the end. And again, quickly, that's what we talked about before. Elizabeth never-ending hospitality. And just love as a human being, period. Just caring. But...
0: And I, I think Mrs. Johnson's demeanor softened also. Cause, Absolutely. Cause I, I, remember think so, her, too. I remember her in the diner when Maggie was, you know, behind the bar and, uh-huh. you know, serving. She would complain about how the mayo didn't taste fresh or anything. And right. I mean Mrs. Johnson that, that never let some of that never left her. But she was not, like
1: borderline crotchety.
0: yeah, yeah. And I think she lost some of that when she yeah. came, you know, once she started working for the yeah. Collinses and she was no longer a spy yeah. for for Burke. But yeah. But yeah, I just I, I I think Cassandra knew what she was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, she you know it, it affected every person surrounding Barnabas. Even though Angelique didn't know any of these people, I mean, of course, they looked very familiar to her. She chose. I, I I'm convinced now that she chose Roger because of his close resemblance to Joshua, and some yeah. of his mannerisms are the same as Joshua. And oh, Joshua yeah. wasn't affected by the yeah. curse. Yeah. So so she chose Roger as you know the only single collins that was you know Mm -hmm. eligible Mm -hmm. other than barnabas but there was no way she was getting with barnabas not looking like angelique oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) but so i don't know so i think i'm gonna go ahead and say it because we're i mean we're we're getting into the dream curse and i want to mention the one person who wasn't affected by the dream curse was elizabeth and elizabeth is the image of Naomi Collins. Yeah. And if we remember back to 1795, Naomi was the only one who was kind to Angelique. And I think Angelique remembered that. So she didn't allow the dream curse to touch Elizabeth. And I I kind of, that's what I kind of like to think. I think that she didn't allow Elizabeth to suffer the dream curse because she reminded her so much of Naomi and Naomi was kind to Angelique in the past. She was like, She's like, if you'll, you know, if you'll respect this, then, you know, you will always have my friendship and I'll give you the old house, you know. And I, I don't know. That's she just remembers. where my mind is. But,
1: but I got to say this while we're on track. But saying that, she had something more in store for Elizabeth because Elizabeth spoke up and she was more brave than Naomi. That's true. She was more, and Elizabeth suffered something more horrible. Than the dream curse. I
0: have to agree with you there. I have to agree. And I didn't think the about that. The fear she put her
1: through in her mind and then actually burying her. Following al- through. I, I don't want to get ahead, but. Following through, yeah. She, there I, was something more in store for Elizabeth for how strong she stood up and how strong she was. I
0: would have to agree with that. I and she even, still
1: got through it, but we'll get there.
0: Yeah, so so, that's, so that's, where it, that's where we are. So Cassandra ends up sitting Mrs. Johnson down on the couch, feeding her some broth and making her at least take a nap. And, again, this seems like kindness from Cassandra, but we we know it really isn't. This is just to continue her curse. Mm-hmm. So the dream comes to Mrs. Johnson. She goes through the song and dance of the dream curse, of the dream sequence, and David David is her summoner. Yeah, And, I mean, Mrs. Johnson cared so much for David that she would have done anything in her power to save David from the terror of that dream curse. So, right, right. I mean, Cassandra probably had it in her head that... Um, Oh, I'm just gonna hurt. I'm just gonna hurt Mrs. Johnson. I'm gonna hurt David. But I'm not sure if she knew completely the the willpower that Mrs. Johnson had not to tell David. Yeah.
1: She thought she wasn't sleeping before. Yeah. And now she really didn't want to sleep now. Right. And not and tell David the dream. Right. Like, exactly. So. And yeah, I mean, she
0: didn't even take that into consideration that Mrs. Right. Johnson
1: didn't sleep just because
0: David wasn't speaking. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But. So back at the old house, Julia and Barnabas have put Adam in right about the same place that Barnabas held Maggie for all that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they, of course, engage the help of Willie to help guard and take care of Adam. Um, they tell him, you know, he could strike out at him. He could be, you know, he has to be cautious and friendly and gentle with Adam. And they've realized that Adam reacts to pain in a hostile way. Yeah. So they warn Willie just to talk to him and not be rash and or act frightened by him, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: And... The first thing that Barnabas teaches Adam, he teaches him how to shake, you know, shake hands. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I don't, I don't think Barnabas was a very good teacher for Adam. And he he admits this later on. Yeah. And you know, he's like, "You're not going to find me a good teacher. I'm sorry." You know, <laughs> he was like, "I've lived for so long. I just expect people sure. to know what to do." Mm-hmm. And and I don't think I don't think Willie was the best person <laughs> to take care of Adam one because he's fresh off the funny farm, and two because Willie. Willie doesn't have that mentality about him. No. I mean, he's a good handyman, he does incredible work, but he's not a
1: leader. He's not
0: And he's not a babysitter. Anybody
1: to look up to.
0: I mean, if we remember you know? when he was watching when he was watching over Maggie when she was supposed to be Josette, mm-hmm. he wasn't really good for her then either, mm-hmm. you know. I I don't know. But yeah. I mean what other option do they have at the moment? Exactly. But, exactly. So the only way Barnabas has been able to teach anything to anyone is if he puts them under his power, which thanks to Adam, he can no longer do. Yeah. So if we're being honest, you know, Willie, I mean, he sits down to watch over Adam and he sits down and lights up a smoke and just begins to talk to Adam Mm -hmm. and Adam in his curiosity tries to grab the cigarette, but burns himself and he freaks out Mm because, you know, that's what he does when he experiences pain. And Willie just gets completely spooked and runs out of the room without securing it. So Adam escapes too. Yeah. <laughs> and we have many instances of Adams escaping this room, many yeah. instances. And Mrs. Johnson, who is trying to contain herself and terrified that she's going to run into David and tell him the dream. You know, the, the same thing that Julia has gone through. You know, Julia urges her, just just leave Collinwood so you won't be tempted to tell David, right. you know. right. And... Willie comes tearing into the room, looking for Julia to tell him that Adam has escaped. You know he's lost in the woods, like a scared kid. You mm-hmm. know, and Willie it just wants he just wants to tuck his tail behind you know between his legs and hide. He wants to find somewhere to hide. Yeah, because he's so terrified of this guy. You know, it's like he doesn't yeah. even know how to hurt you. First of all,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but Julia's like, we got to find Barnabas. We need to find him. And Adam has found his way to the terrace at Collinwood and is being fascinated by the water fountain, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and tries to drink from it. And he, Mrs. Johnson, finds him who's been calling for David, you know. And she starts shouting and, you know, being like Miss Johnson does. And Mm -hmm. Barnabas and Julia come to the rescue, but Adam's already gone. (laughs) And Mrs. Johnson's nerves
1: are already shot, and she decides that she's going to leave Collinwood for her safety as well as David's. Yeah. Barnabas and Willie finally find Adam in the woods after a while and take him back to the old house. and. Julia gives him a set to give. A sedative. <laughs> <set of> give. <laughs> gives him a sedative in drink form, but it doesn't last long because Adam is a big guy and he's got a lot it of It
0: takes a lot to sedate him
1: <laughs> strength, you yeah. know. And he realizes he's chained up. Um, even in his infant mind he realizes that this is a bad thing. Yeah. And Willie brings him something to eat. He's kind of a weenie about it. (laughs) (laughs) He is. He is. He's terrified of him for no real reason at this point. But Adam throws the tray of food off of his bed and Willie gets spooked again easily and he just runs out.
0: I mean, I think I think that Willie has been through a lot. I mean, the last time we saw Willie, he was getting shot in the back. He right. barely lived. Right. You know, if it hadn't been for Doctor Woodard, he'd he'd be dead. Yeah. You know, he he's just recently been at Windcliffe. so I don't. Again, I don't think Willie was the best person to take care of Adam because no. I don't think that Willie was in the best mental state. Yeah. Of course. No. I, I think that Willie That's has right. a lot of PTSD. Yeah. From, from everything that's happened to him up until this point, you know, yeah. being under Barnabas's power and Barnabas kind of abusing him at first, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the whole thing with Maggie and, you know, having to keep that secret and we killed that girl, Barnabas, you know, mm-hmm. dealing with that and then being shot in the back, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot for one person, you know, it's amazing that he's still standing, yeah. but... He, t- he even tells Julia, he's like, I'd rather be at Wincliffe than take care of this this guy. You know, yeah. and Julia tells him, he's like, if you don't go back and take care of him, I won't allow you to come back out and I'll declare you incurable. And yeah. I'm like, damn, Julia, that was a so Barnabas rough, thing just so now.
1: Rough.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of thing that Barnabas would have threatened. Yeah. So, but what Willie yeah. learns that Adam likes things that are shiny and sparkly, you know, and uh, opens up the secret panel to show him some jewelry. Yeah. And. Adam spots Josette's earrings, those beautiful green earrings that, that Joan Bennett had on, in the very first scene of dark shadows. Um, and he remembers that she wore these when Barnabas held her captive and he takes the earrings and goes to the Evans cottage. He sneaks in and leaves them in Maggie's purse for her to find, you know, and this is the start of Maggie being obsessed with those earrings and, Mm -hmm it definitely drives the wedge between her and Joe, you yeah. know, she's so obsessed with these. And he's like, "Will you please just put these things down, just put them down. Yeah. And they remind her of something that she's forgotten, but she can't seem to remember, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and Maggie does, I mean, this is getting ahead, but she does eventually remember, Yeah. you know, she makes trips to the old house, you know, because the earrings lead her there and she can't figure out why. And, but I mean, Joe steals them out of her purse and has them appraised because he's worried they're stolen property, you know, and, right. and, they're very old and very, 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 very expensive, you know, and whatever. It, drive, it drives a wedge between her and Joe. Yeah. yeah. But Julia has brought Eric Lang's tape recorder to Adam so that he can listen to the music. Mm-hmm. And again, they still don't know about the hidden message that Eric left for Julia, but Adam hears it yeah. and eventually learns to say Barnabas's name. And Barnabas is like, what? Where did you learn that? You know, Um, that like Barnabas had brought him some food or whatever, but he he only stays for a moment. And when he leaves, Adam is upset and like ends up breaking the chain off the wall and then breaking through the door. Yeah. I mean, Adam is very strong. And I mean, this was this was very Frankenstein. Like, you know, he made the guy very strong, but I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why Eric Lang felt the need to make him so strong. I, I don't know.
1: I don't even know if
0: that might have been part of the plan. It was just maybe just something like a side effect or something. Yeah. But Adam was, he was a big guy. He was tall, had the great biggest hands I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it was, I don't know. I don't know. But, but he does escape again. This is, you know, another time where he escapes Mm and um, runs into David. Yeah. Um, David goes out to play and um, Roger stops and has a little chat with him. Nothing, nothing. To write home about or anything but this scene apparently cassandra has been working roger because she has told roger that barnabas is not kind to her and yeah and he was like why aren't you kind to my wife you treat everyone else around here nicely He was like why can't you and barnabas was like um okay mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't really defend himself over it you know doesn't yeah. really defend himself but but bart but he tells barnabas you know treat her better or you shouldn't come around anymore yeah and yeah. Barnabas was like, okay, I'll rectify the situation. And yeah, I'm not sure if he means it entirely because he knows who she is, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know. Elizabeth is, she's out walking the grounds. I think she was on her way to the old house, but she runs into Adam in the woods. Mm-hmm. She, she runs away, but before she does, he says the only word he knows. B-Barnabas. Barnabas. <laughs> and she runs back to Collinwood to tell the men about who she saw on that. He said Barnabas and- Roger remembers that David went out to play and holy crap you know David's out there somewhere so he grabs a gun and heads out you know Mm -hmm. and Adam finds David he does find David outside um, playing with his brand new knife that Cassandra got for him and David isn't frightened by Adam like he's like hey he's like get over here you know and isn't afraid of him he's like you're really tall and
1: and you know, thinks that he's a, a foreigner is what David said. <laughs> and again, it's it's that classic Frankenstein scene, you know, with the little girl mm, by mm. the river, you know, by the lake. And she's not terrified of him. She's like, wow, you're a really big dude, you know. What's your name, you know? It was that moment. Mm-hmm. So, I mean,
0: he, he even invites him to play with him. You know, come play with me. Here's mm-hmm. the object of the game, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Adam is fascinated by his knife and, you know. David springs his ankle. And so Adam picks him up. I, I think in his, you know, his childlike way, like wanted to help, wasn't sure what to do, but picked him up because David was obviously in pain. And yeah. that's right about where Roger shows up with the gun. Mm-hmm. But Barnabas is like, don't shoot. You, you might hit David, you right. know, but and, and Barnabas is able to, you know, put him down. He's a good boy. Put him down, you mm-hmm. know, and he does. And once David is clear, Roger takes a shot and, and does hit Adam, hits him in the shoulder he runs back to Collinwood and Cassandra and Julia have just been out with professor Stokes, just discussing the occult. And, you know, they're all, they're all excited about it. Wow. What a great conversation. And they arrive back at Collinwood when Roger is talking to the police about the incident, you know, and, and he's hearing, Julia is hearing him describe the man and she gets these wide eyes and she looks at Cassandra. She's like, please excuse me. You know, Mm -hmm. please excuse me to Roger. She realizes that they're talking about Adam, you know, she she figures she figures that Adam would probably run back to the old house, you know, like a child. It's like a child running home. Yeah, when you're hurt,
1: and I, I don't know. <laughs> but she was right. They end up finding him back in his room with a gunshot wound mm-hmm. in his arm, and mm-hmm. um, he ran back to the only home he knew, just like a child.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And skipping ahead a little bit after that, Mrs. Johnson, she's still isn't able to stay away and shows up at the old house she she's been in Boston
0: for we, we're not sure how long uh we don't know if it was just 24 hours or if it was a couple of days we, we just we just know that it wasn't very long yeah. we, we don't know how much time has lapsed because this is a new episode and the first you know the opening scene is Mrs Johnson coming through the the doors of the old house yeah looking for Julia yeah and um but she's ready she's ready to find David and tell him the dream she cannot handle this anymore. anymore and Julia tries to send her away but Mrs. Johnson waits outside the old house for David because David shows up while she's there and, and Mrs. you know Julia pushes her out the door for the tape
1: recorder, right? Yeah, yep
0: yeah. yeah and and she you know pushes Mrs. Johnson out the door, but she waits for David yeah. and he does have the dream. he does yeah. And Willie is his summoner and Mrs. Johnson waits for him to wake up because she knows the terror that he's experiencing at this moment. Mm-hmm. She waits for him, mm-hmm. s- stays with him by his bed. While he has the dream and, and, you know, waits for him with open arms because she knows he's going to wake up and freak out and he runs into her arms and just, just another testament of Mrs. Johnson, you know, you know, he, she didn't just tell him the dream, feel relieved and leave again, you know. It was just, I don't know, it warmed my heart to see that, you know. Yeah. He woke up and there she was, ready for him to jump into her arms, you know. So that was also an end of an episode. Um, the next episode, we open up at the old house and there's Willie sitting on the steps of, uh, of the old house. We don't see this. This has already happened. Yeah. David has already told Willie the dream. Yes. So Willie is, he's distracted by it. He hasn't even had the dream and he's still, hes all he's doing is thinking about it. He hasn't mm-hmm. even had the dream yet. Mm-hmm. And... and Barnabas you know he tells Barnabas I'm gonna have a dream and Barnabas is like oh crap you know so he gets this brilliant idea he asks Willie to go to Collinwood and get the portrait of Angelique Mm -hmm. and he wants to know if Angelique controls the portrait or if the portrait controls Angelique or if they're one and the same yeah so he asks him to go get the portrait and then he writes a letter it's like while you while you're at Collinwood give this letter to Cassandra yeah and Asking Cassandra to meet him at the old house at 10 o'clock that night. And Barnabas heads over to Sam Evans with the painting. And... Asks him if he would do this work for him without any questions asked. I will give you five hundred dollars, no questions asked, if you'll just do what I say. Mm-hmm. And Sam is like five hundred dollars for one night's work. I can't really turn that down.
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 What What do you need? <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> Here I am. Yeah. Barnabas asks Sam to um, age the portrait, but very slowly.
1: Yeah, you
0: know, and use a really hard, pointy, sharp brush while you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and don't start till. To- 10, 15. 10, 15. The, you know, Sam does have his questions. And Barnabas is like, remember our agreement? He's like, okay, okay, okay. I need I need one question answered. Just one. He was like, when do I stop? Yeah. When do I stop aging this portrait? And Barnabas was like, when you think she looks about 200 years old, then you can stop. Okay. And he was like, okay. All right. <laughs> so Cassandra's late. She's supposed to be there at 10 o'clock. She doesn't show up till like 10 minutes after. Mm-hmm. And um, she was like, I was helping Vicki. She's like, the portrait seems to be missing. And she's like, or stolen, you know, and looks yeah. at Barnabas and he yeah. was like, okay. He was like, how fortunate. Oh, how unfortunate. I love that. I couldn't mm-hmm. tell if that was a mess up from Jonathan mm-hmm. Frid or if it was on purpose. Like, mm-hmm. whatever, it fit. It was great. Right. Um, <laughs> so Barnabas tells her, he's like, the reason I asked you here is to tell you that you've met, you've made a mistake letting it go this long and she's like what are you talking about she's like are you going to start on this again and she was like he's like letting me live this long or putting the curse on me whatever you plan to do you've let it go on too long and at that moment is when Sam starts to paint and Cassandra begins to feel pain in her eyes mm-hmm. and in her cheeks and around her lips and when Barnabas calls her Angelique she doesn't correct him the second time yeah and yeah. <laughs> he was like and he tells her he's like it's like, you're going to start aging, and it's going to spread to the rest of your body. You know,
1: look at your hands. Look at her, your hands. Yeah, and her hands
0: are all aged
1: and yep. gross looking. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so. She runs out to um, the place of power, the gazebo. <laughs> Must be. <laughs> and she summons Tony, and he sees a very aged Cassandra, and she begins to put him in a trance with his lighter. She begins asking who Barnabas is. Could have asked to paint the age lines on the portrait. Yeah. He produces two artists, and Sam Evans is the most likely. Right.
0: She doesn't ask him for much. She just wants some information. Yeah. And... And she, she figures, you know, Angelique's not a dumb girl. She's mm-hmm. smart. Mm-hmm. She figures, you know, for it to be effective, it, it would have to be someone who knows their painting, who can paint and mm-hmm. can paint well. So what artist do you know that the, that the Collins have dealt with? And, mm-hmm. you know, he produced Sam Evans and is like, you know, Sam, they're very close with the Collinses. And she, well, has he done any work for them? And he's like, yeah, he painted Barnabas a couple yeah. of years ago. She's like, bingo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. So... And at this moment, Carolyn catches the two of them. Yeah, on the terrace there, and what looks like canoodling.
0: Yeah, she she doesn't really know, but
1: and Tony attempts, of to course, to defend them, but she's not buying it. You know. Yeah,
0: and she she stays pissed off at Tony. She just she stays pissed yeah. off. Like yeah. like she, he calls up to Collinwood, and Elizabeth is like, "Oh yeah, Carolyn." She's like, "If that's Tony, I don't want to talk to him." <laughs> uh-huh. And it, it kind of reminded me of. <laughs> <laughs> of beginning Dark Shadows when she's got this thing being obsessed with Burke and she's very being very petty. To, oh, yeah. That, that's what this kind of reminds me of. And, mm-hmm. and and Liz, again, tries to push her straight. You know, it's like, you need to stop acting like this. Stop yeah. doing this, you know. Yeah. But I, I don't know. That's just kind of what it reminded me of. <laughs>
1: yeah. But immediately after that, Cassandra runs off to Sam Evans' cottage. Yeah. And she demands her painting and he refuses to give it to her. She warns him... Not to refuse, but he doesn't listen yeah and she urges him to try to finish it but he won't be able to and that's when he loses his sight
0: yeah this the when the thing she so walks to Sam out Evans. the door and
1: he's blind
0: the thing is though she didn't blind him immediately she said yeah. try to finish the second
1: you try to finish he,
0: he said the second he picked up his paintbrush his yes. vision went dark and yes. I'm, I'm, it wasn't just like, okay, you're blind. It was like, try, try to finish. Yeah. And,
1: and Maggie finds him in. She walks in the house, finds him, and immediately calls a doctor. But Sam demands that um, she just um, calls Barnabas and get him here. Get him here.
0: And I mean, he's very forceful about it, too. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of when someone is disabled pretty sudden like and they're very bitter about it and this is kind of how Sam hit me when it happened definitely and you know Maggie can't just pick up the phone and call Barnabas because there's no phone at the old house so right. she has to go down there and get him mm-hmm. and it's <laughs> and but Julie is the one who answers the door and, and she was like he needs you more but he wants to see Barnabas so can, yeah. can you both come you know and yeah. she, tells her, she tells her what's happened and Willie is taunting Adam with the jewels again And calls him stupid. He's like, "You're just stupid, Adam." You know, just just being very bully like to Adam Mm -hmm. because he Mm -hmm. can be. Mm -hmm. You know, Willie hasn't had a lot of people in his life that he's been able to overpower. Burke Devlin kicked his butt, you know, and (laughs) um, Joe has already had a stab at him too because he showed up at Maggie's house, and you know. So I think that this is kind of a a way for Willie to feel like a man. Right. (laughs) But um, but Barnabas catches him being a being a bully and. Barnabas looks through the jewel chest and can't find Josette's earrings and, you know, immediately blames Willie because, you know, he's the likely suspect and Willie gets all butthurt about it, even though he is the one that stole them. Yeah, (laughs) He was like, whatever, Barnabas, I quit. Throws the necklace back in his hand. He's like, you can't quit. Where would you go? Back to Wincliffe? You know, so, you know, Barnabas does. And so this is, uh, this is happening while Maggie is showing up and telling Julia the situation and Sam wants to speak to Barnabas before Julia examines him. And I want to speak to him alone. And he's like, oh, I expected you were in on this too, Dr. Hoffman. And she was like, I, what happened? I don't even know. I'm I'm just getting here. Mm -hmm. And. You know, like she's listening to the conversation, she obviously had no idea what happened. And Barnabas went to Sam and asked him to age the portrait. Sam did exactly what he was asked to do for the $500. Yeah. And while I do think this was very clever on Barnabas's part to figure out what he needed to do with Angelique and mm-hmm. how to defeat her, I do think it was very clever. You know, he figured out the painting. Yeah. I do believe Sam had every right to be so angry with him. Absolutely. I do. It's like, it didn't cost Barnabas anything, but it cost Sam his sight. Mm-hmm. And when Julia examined him, it was very clear to Julia, even though she didn't want to tell Sam, that it was likely permanent. You know, it's just that the, the nerve endings of the optic, it's, they're, they're very pale. It's, it's, yeah. his, his sight isn't coming back. And this is when Barnabas mentions, man, I, sh- I sure wish Eric Lang were still alive. You know, yeah, yeah I bet he could fix this, you know, yeah. and um Sam blames Barnabas because Barnabas the, the portrait seemingly belonged to Barnabas, but it didn't. And yeah. you know, Barnabas tried to you know, I, I had permission, blah blah blah. You know, and felt it like just, he was
1: lied to. And
0: yeah, it felt it felt betrayed, and that was a perfectly fair feeling, I yeah, think. You know,
1: absolutely.
0: Sam, you know, he was like, "What's a painter without his eyesight? You know, I can't paint if I can't see." Mm-hmm. You know, so Sam basically lost everything in that one one night. Yeah, you know, because Barnabas, you know, needed him and. Mm-hmm. And I, I, really, I really did feel bad for Barnabas in this situation. He feels like he destroyed another life. And, but Julia comes back almost immediately with, well, you've suffered too. Mm-hmm. And while I think she's absolutely right, I do think that this only adds to his suffering. That, you know, someone else is suffering too. He knows the pain he's been through. But I think Barnabas thinks that for all the suffering he's been through, he's also caused just as much suffering Mm -hmm. to others. And in this moment, he feels a lot of guilt about what happened to Sam. And knowing that Angelique caused this to happen to Sam, Barnabas wonders what Angelique will do when she finds out about Adam. Right. So. Right. I don't know we got a little bit more to talk about we're almost almost halfway through this yeah um so next week we'll come back with part three this is our first more than two-parter here yeah um but it is the dream curse and it goes on forever and ever we know this (laughs) (laughs) but thank you again for giving us your time thank you for reaching out to us with your comments um i just want to remind all of you who follow us on um, spotify and apple podcasts and wherever else you listen to audio if you subscribe to our youtube channel there's there is some exclusive content there that you won't get on the regular streaming services. So um, head over and like and subscribe. It does help us grow the podcast and we would just, we would be ever so grateful. But until then, everyone remember to keep it between us and the shadows. Good night. Good night.
1: Through sight and sound and faceless terror. Through endless corridors by trial and error. Ahead, head, a blazing light does burn, and one door leads to the point of return.
0: You've been listening to Between the Shadows, a Dark Shadows podcast. All original Dark Shadows music, video clips, images, and media are the sole property of Dan Curtis Productions and is only used to promote Dark Shadows and should not be distributed, copied, or reproduced.